modern witchcraft is just like we're doing crock pots instead of cauldrons and we're doing a lot of kitchen which is I mean really witchcraft to me I mean maybe to some people it's more complicated but to me it really is like what you're saying it's so simple it's reconnecting to yourself and reconnecting to nature you're listening to rewild and free this is the go-to podcast for conscious and holistic mother entrepreneurs who are ditching society's to-do list for intentional living freedom and abundance while creating impact and legacy in their home and business if we haven't met yet i'm nicole pasvier your like-hearted mom friend and biz bestie wrapped in one i'm an ex-nurse turned matrescence guide and business coach leading women just like you into the new paradigm where thriving in motherhood is your birthright and so is a successful and sustainable online business Keep listening if you're ready to unsubscribe from patriarchal motherhood, bro marketing, and boss babe culture. Because in this space, we use nature as our framework as we move towards feminine embodied business development, cyclical orientation, and slow living. Together, let's rewild and remember as we break free from survival and reconnect to what truly matters. Okay, friend, steep your tea and take the most loving breath you've given to yourself today, and let's go. Hello there. This is episode 42 of the podcast. Obviously, this is Nicole speaking, but I'm going to be joined by a new friend of mine, a new internet friend, Marissa from Honeyloon Hivery. Marissa is a, I really should have the bio pulled up before I start recording. (laughs) Marissa is a holistic designer and home coach. She specializes in helping women enhance the relationship they have with their space for better health, happiness, and energy. She holds a background in interior design and is a certified feng shui feng shui consultant. Um, I obviously have had the conversation with Marissa already. I've, I've had the pleasure of getting to know her and I can definitely attest to the fact that Marissa is so much more than the things that her bio says. Um, she is so fun. Her energy is magnetic and um, just her story is really inspiring and relatable Um Within the episode, you are going to hear little bits of just her her experience of how she got to where she is and why she's doing the line of work she's doing. Um, she shares her journey of self-discovery from a spiritual awakening back in her college days to embracing her witchiness and um, really incorporating witchcraft into her lifestyle. We go in a lot of different directions in this episode. I hope you can keep up. Um, I have no doubt that you are going to fall in love with Marissa just as I have. Uh, Make sure to listen to the end because she shares with us the meaning and significance behind her company name and that's just really special as well. So enjoy. There's never a not awkward way to start these conversations because we've been talking for a bit um but (laughs) but anyways hi Marissa it is so so lovely to finally meet you I shouldn't even say finally because we are very new friends um we recently (laughs) found each other on Instagram and I was like hey is it too soon to ask you to be on my podcast and you were like absolutely not let's do it and so here we are Yes. No, thank you so much for having me, by the way. Honestly, I I loved when you sent that because you're like, is it too soon? And I was like, no, this is like a perfect way to get to know each other. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So I'm really excited, yeah, to hear your story for the first time because I really don't know much about you. I have loved what I've been seeing online so far. I think what you're doing and just your whole brand is super cool and super inspiring and definitely filling a gap in the industry that I didn't even know existed. Um, 
So maybe why don't we just dive in? Why don't you quickly share kind of who you are and what you do? Um, but before we get into that, I keep forgetting. I've been asking everyone that comes on the show what book they're reading. Are you currently reading a book? I have a book I'm currently reading and I have a book that I am trying, well, not trying to start, but to start, but it's on the docket. That should be like the way I ask the question is like, what books are on your reading list? <laughs> yes, because I will be honest, it's one of those things that I am trying to get better at. Um, I personally am not a fiction or not a fiction. I'm a not nonfiction reader. Um, so I am trying with that. So I prefer fiction. It's like my unwind, yeah. relaxed time. So that's kind of what I'm currently reading for fun. But I'm trying to do more like learning books. It's funny because I'm the opposite. Like I cannot get enough of like kind of like the personal development, business development, that kind of stuff. And like I really need to get back into just reading for fun. So complete opposite. Mm. Do you tend to read like an actual paper book or are you like a Kindle girl or Audible? I am a paper book. Like I'm I'm an old soul. So I have I do a lot of older things. I don't really qualify myself as a millennial because I'm just like very not anti-technology, but I'm just like I prefer the touch and the feel and the yeah. smell. Mm, of a yes, book. the book smell. Like, yes. Oh. <laughs> Yes. I get a lot of my books from the library and that's its own smell. <laughs> I know. Like I, I just can't do a Kindle or one of those tablets. I'm personally afraid because I, you know, take it to the beach or I go to the park. And I'm just like, you know, a paper book is meant to be aged and loved and, you know, can get dog ears and all that. Kindles, I'm like, that doesn't, that shouldn't go by water. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I hear you on that. That's so funny. I, um, I'm like sort of laughing because I mean, I I know where you are and I can see you and you are currently in a van. So maybe yes. let's <laughs> dive into <laughs> like it just speaks to a little bit about, I think, like the irony of what you do and just all of it. So let's just dive in. Like, who are you and what are you doing right now? <laughs> I know I, I laugh because I so many times I just look at my life and like I am such a walking contradiction oh, of but things. I love it I love it so much <laughs> I think that's like part of what drew me to him like oh this person is so interesting like I want to know more it's like this oh, like thank you yeah like um, magnetism <laughs> <laughs> well I it's like I don't even know where to start I guess um like origin story I just grew up very sensitive to spaces. I am eighty, like I am neurodivergent. I have ADHD, like diagnosed when I was six. We did brain scans because my mom was like, she's a little, she's, you know, kind of different. <laughs> so I um, am just like very sensitive to my spaces. I'm empathic. So like, you know, environments really stimulate me. And my grandfather, actually the one I was telling you about previous to the recording, he was a hoarder um, and going over to his house was such a horrible experience for me because the space was so overwhelming on top of, you know, just the piles of boxes and stacks of newspapers. There was like the smells and it just it didn't feel like a cozy like I'm going to grandma's to bake cookies right. and snuggle up. It was not that. So Stress I chaos. had this understanding really Yes, it was just, yeah, very um, 
early memories of that. And, but with that, actually, I kind of recognized that I was very sensitive to my environment and kind of didn't really like have that click, but just that seed was planted early on. And then in high school, I think I discovered, you know, I was very fortunate to go to a school that had a lot of extracurricular activities and different things for, you know, 4-H and all that. So there, I, that's where I discovered interior design and I fell in love with it. I was like, you can do this for a career. What? (laughs) So got my degree. Um, and then after, right after college, I got my degree and I'm just like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to, you know, do what I love to do. Um, which I was also very like fortunate to find my passion so early on. Cause like 18 is an age where you you don't know what you want to (laughs) do. I kind of went through a spiritual awakening. Now, anyone who's had a spiritual awakening, it most of the time just like flips your world on its head and I started to question what I wanted to do in life. And I really still love spaces. I loved, you know, how you it can be so creative and such a reflection of a personality and tell a story and all of that. But there are some things that I really do not like about the industry. Um, it is very vain. It is very sh- like trend driven and keeping up with the Joneses and c- consumeristic. And there were so many things I did not like. Um And it actually turns out that I could not get a job in my field, like right after college. So I ended up working at a crystal shop. Um, And that's where like my spiritual awakening was just like full on expanded, like big bang. I learned about chakras and different energy modalities and like ancient text and all of this stuff. And that's where I discovered feng shui. And I was like, this is perfect. It blends my love for spaces, like the looks, but with the energy. So I knew I always wanted to blend both of those together. Um, I just didn't quite know how to do that. Like, I feel like my journey, I got little bits and pieces and breadcrumbs and I was like, okay, I have more to this puzzle now, but it's not fully solved. Um, So I didn't really do anything with that knowledge for quite a bit. I ended up working in a bunch of uh, design firms and architect firms throughout the country and then flash forward to 2020. Um, like March everyone's of story. Everyone's story has like a big chapter starting in March 2020. I know. You can just, I just say March 2020 and everyone's like, oh yeah, I know. I know where this is going. Um, so that, like the pandemic happened. Um, yeah. For those of you who, I don't know, were not affected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I ended up losing my job and I I just like so much of my life kind of came crumbling down. I lost my job. Um, I didn't know how I could afford my apartment because I lost my job and I couldn't find one just with like lockdowns and everything. My friend group, like my relationship ended two weeks previous. It was definitely like universes like you are you are having a death moment and just, you know, everything's falling apart. A tower moment, if you will. Um but that in that week, I just decided I'm going to start my own business. Um, so that's how my business, which I do today, was born in just kind of like that tower moment of death and then rebirth. And that's also when I decided to build out my van because I am someone that just, <laughs> yes, that it was a very strategic, like either universe and me kind of coming together and like, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> so I, yeah, one of those reasons was like, I had no idea where I was going to live. And I've always actually wanted to 
do a tiny house. Ever since design school, that was one of our projects was designing a tiny house. This was like back in 2012 when tiny houses were catching on, like the tiny house movement, flatbed trailers, all of that. And I was just so captivated by it. I was like, this makes so much sense. It's sustainable. It's, you know, very minimal impact on the environment. You get to customize it. It's affordable. I just loved the idea. So when I had kind of that opportunity with 2020 and the pandemic and me losing my job and starting this business, I also recognized I really miss traveling. And I actually had this trip I was going to go on and it, you know, of course got canceled and everyone with the sh- shutdowns and lockdowns, like you couldn't go anywhere. So I was like, you know, I can still travel the country in this van. I can work, you know, online, which is what I want to do. I'm someone who lives you know, very like what I want to do. I live through my heart. I follow my heart. So that kind of had me decide the van, which is why I built it out, you know, in 2020, fall of 2020, I got a van. Um, I was so scared. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I will, I share this a lot prior to building out this van. I had never used a power tool. I, I remember calling my friend and being like, what did I just do? What am I doing? And he's like, oh, it's easy. You get the monkey rent. Like you, and I had to Google what these tools were. I was like, well, I don't like, I was so overwhelmed, but you know, I just followed, I really wanted to do this. And I am someone who is usually very ambitious. And I'm like, I just have to do it for the sake of doing it. I want to know I'm capable of doing right. it. So I did it. <laughs> I built out my van all by myself had no idea what I was doing, did the electrical, did the cabinetry. Um, Yeah, it was quite the experience. Blood, sweat, tears went into that is badass for sure. I'm curious if like, so you're, you're saying like at this point, you very much like live by your heart and just kind of followed your heart's desires. Have you Mm -hmm. always been like that? Or was that kind of part of your spiritual awakening? Oh my gosh, good question. Um, I would say it's, it was definitely a part of my spiritual awakening. So we're we're unpacking a lot here. Because <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> I know. Well, this is like, I am someone that is very, like, let's talk about the deep stuff. I'm a double Scorpio, like moon and rising. I love this. That being said, also Scorpio is like, you got to ask me. So you're asking the right question. <laughs> I love it. And I, I personally find the podcast itself very therapeutic. So I joke that this is like cheaper than therapy. So happy to go <laughs> in any direction you want to go. We can totally like dive right into things. Um, it's just so cool hearing kind of the domino, um, the domino effects that happened for you to even get to where you were in 2020. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny because I feel like so, so often we can clench on to this dream that we have. And I imagine for you, like coming out of high school and going into interior design school and then graduating, you probably had this like visual of yourself working at, I don't know, some fancy interior design school, maybe, I don't know, fill in the blanks for me, like other things that very likely might have been part of society's to-do list. Um And then, yeah, things just happen. And it's like, oh, okay, we were never actually supposed to go there. I was never supposed to have that job. I was supposed to go work at this crystal shop. And like, it all makes sense now that we can look at it. Like hindsight truly is 2020. So it's really cool just to hear (laughs) everything unfolding the way that it did. Yeah, I mean, I I should get that tattoo because like, I mean, 2020 is when it happened. And really like in those moments, I was like, my world is fully 
coming down. What am I going to do? How am I going to pay rent? How am I going to build this? Like there were so many things that I was questioning and yeah, now looking back, I totally see why it had to happen. Yeah. Um, but to answer your previous question. So no, this, I was, oh my gosh, I was never like a follow my heart. I mean, in some ways, yes, because I found interior design and I loved that. And I remember actually my mom tells this story how when I decided in high school that I was going to pursue interior design, like I was that very, I'm a eldest child, like goody two shoes, get good grades, you know, appease the parents sort of. So I was really good at math. I don't know if I am now, but <laughs> I was really good at math. And my math teacher was like, why isn't she pursuing that? And my mom's like, well, she really loves interior design. And I'm fortunate to have parents who supported me. But for me, there was definitely a lot of those societal pressures, probably also family pressures of like, get a good job or go to school, get good grades, you can get a good job. And I did have that image. I was actually so afraid to even leave my hometown. I thought I was going to live in my hometown forever. Like I could have never imagined like how my life is now where I'm in a van traveling. I've like traveled abroad solo. I've done so many things, but really, yeah, when I had my spiritual awakening. So for some context with that, um, it actually like in college, I had an eating disorder. Okay. Anyone who's experienced that, I mean, women do get a lot of shame and societal pressures about how they look and their image and weight and body and all of that. And for me, like this was almost a snowball from like all the anxiety and depression I got in high school, which manifested into an eating disorder, which I was a shell both physically and just mentally and energetically of who I was. And I got to such a low point where I was contemplating you know, I don't want to like maybe trigger warning, <laughs> um, you know, just ending it. And mm -hmm. there was something that just was like, no, there's so much more. I think I really had to hit rock bottom and just, again, burn it all down. That's a very common thing as a double Scorpio of just like endings, rebirth, endings, rebirth. So that was the first major ending in my life where I was like, I'm so tired of trying to be all of these things that society, that my parents, that, you know, I think I need to be. And mm -hmm. I just started to do me, which is where I, you know, really fully embraced the witchiness that I have. I'm someone that I think has always been witchy, but being in a very like white Christian town, I was just, you kind of keep that. What? <laughs> like your, yeah, I guess, yeah, your community growing up. So not just your household, but yeah, like the school you went to and the friends you hung out with, if there was any um, church, religion, any of that stuff, like what was that like for you? And like, when did you realize that you did have an inner witch? I'm asking this out of like sheer curiosity because I am totally going through my own spiritual awakening right now. And for me, motherhood was definitely the catalyst into that. But I, I keep saying that, like, I am like a witch coming out of the closet and I still don't even know what that means. I'm still totally reclaiming my inner witch and figuring out what that looks like. So to hear that you were experiencing some of that at what, like the age of like 18, 19, 20, however old you were at that point is like crazy to me. I want to hear more about the context there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love talking about witchcraft. So I'm very excited. <laughs> Let's go there. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that I even though I come from a very like middle of the line sort of town, you know, split politically, 
kind of it it wasn't full-on christian it was not like a small very conservative like bible belt christian town i grew up in the midwest in a suburb of chicago but there still was enough of like almost the traditional very classic high school like movies you see where it's very clicky yeah and i just always felt like a, a weirdo and an outcast i was very shy like i have some trauma from my childhood um we won't we don't have to unpack that today but I was very shy I was yeah um I was shy I was um you know being neurodivergent too I knew I was a bit different in some ways um and yeah so I just repressed that and then with witchcraft like I was always kind of interested in the spooky and the supernatural like Halloween was my favorite holiday I would watch you know charmed for the 90s kids who used to watch that and um, Buffy the vampire slayer and I was just so like yes I love this sort of mysticism and the occult again Scorpio like I'm just poster child for a lot of Scorpio traits right now even though I'm a Virgo son um but what really got me just pursuing that more after my spiritual awakening was one, I was trying to figure out who the fuck I was. Like I I knew I wasn't this person that I was trying to pretend to be. So I was like, who am I? Which kind of led me down the spiritual journey because for me, like that is a lot of self-discovery of, you know, what, what are the shadows that I have? What is the thing, you know, what are things that actually help my anxiety or help all of the, you know, combat sort of the things that I'm dealing with in my day to day? How do I find more peace? So I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different um, modalities, but I really loved witchcraft because I'm such a nature girl. I'm, you know, love being outside. Nature is a big part of like my spirituality and just like what's helped me. But pursuing that more I don't know if it was just like intuitive I'm like let's let's look into witchcraft but I started actually doing tarot I remember that was something I was always interested in and I was like let's look at that let's figure out what tarot is so I remember like being yeah 20 just learning about tarot and feeling so just like the chills you get I don't know if you've ever done like a tarot or an oracle or just whenever you get a sign from the universe and you're like whoa that that is so reaffirming and how crazy is that? Um, and I just remember it just kept clicking for me. But for me, I'm kind of going all over the place. No, I love it. I'm following. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm following. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, I could talk about it in so many directions. But I love um, just how empowering it is. And I mean, you can go down like a feminist route with it's just yeah it is really reclaiming and how you know the patriarchy has really repressed women and all of this but I find it just almost like it balances both my light and my dark side as women traditionally like we're not allowed by society to be um like problematic or vocal or opinionated or you know all of these things that yeah, we, we are (laughs) like, this is a part of me. Um, I've always been kind of a little fiery, not full on, but I definitely am like, I felt just stepping into witchcraft was me accepting that part of me, me reclaiming that side of me. Um, and almost like I am someone that's a little rebellious and into the taboo. So when people are like, oh my gosh, like witchcraft and, you know, Satan worship. And I was like, whoa, whoa, well, first off, this is very different. Like we need to go back to theology school because we're yes. talking about two different things. Here. Yeah. But um, 
I kind of, I think after so long of having people, like not wanting people to look at me, of being afraid of to just like be myself, I think it was almost like I wanted to lean into those parts that mm-hmm. weren't maybe accepted by society that I kind of knew I was. I was like, fine, I'm going to be a witch. I'm going to like, you know, do tarot and talk about these things. And I almost, I have this memory too of like when I decided to come out more about being a witch too. Thankfully, I was someone who never grew up like in a super religious household. Um, Not to say that's bad, but I know a lot of people who have so much trauma from Christianity now. Um, And I, I have no problem with it. I actually love like integrating all different modalities, but I think witchcraft, there's just something something magical about it what can I say (laughs) but um, I remember my mom we were talking on the phone and uh, I think I was just posting more about being a witch especially on my business profile and she being a concerned parent she's like I just why are you saying this like why are you I noticed that you're mentioning you're a witch like um do you think that's best like I'm concerned for you that people will see this and, you know, they won't want to work with you or they, you know, something like that. Like you won't get business. I get where she's coming from, but I just had to stand up and be like, mom, like this is who I am. And honestly, if people can't accept this about me, then maybe they shouldn't work with me. Yeah. But that makes sense. Like that generation very much was taught to be pretty perfect and pleasing and and make sure that you're not rocking the boat and make sure that you can kind of be appeasing to everyone. So yes, I can see why that would raise some alarm bells for your mom. Did your mom, like aside from how you were showing up on your business profile, did it ever feel like she was, I guess, like questioning what you were doing or um that's not the right word let me try to reframe that question like I guess was there any resistance from her or was some of that actually modeled to you from her like can you see her inner witch in yourself so yeah to answer because my brain's kind of splitting into two ways to answer this One, I do think my mom has some witchiness. I kind of looked at her chart a while back and she has a Scorpio moon as well, which I was like, huh, I never like (laughs) we are kind of different. I actually so my first tarot deck was her tarot deck in the 70s. Okay, that's cool. She has like witchiness. She's into the supernatural. She's had paranormal experiences. But like that generation has had to keep it so hidden. Yeah. And that's where I feel like she didn't fully embrace her witchiness. Yeah. Even though I remember when I was working at the crystal shop, she would, you know, support me in that. She would go and buy crystals and, you know, try to get into meditation. I don't think she fully like went down that path because, yeah, just that generation, that mindset and mentality too. Plus, I both my parents are very stuck in their way type of creatures. <laughs> They're, they have a lot of earth energy. Um, but yeah, in terms of so like I see some of the witchiness in her. I don't think she's like fully embraced it. But in terms of like the other things that maybe she um, supported or didn't support me on just to is that that was one of the questions. Yeah, I, just I, well, I actually don't even remember what I asked. I think my my bigger question was if 
if any of it was modeled to you from her and it sounds like kind of yes and no like the the very fact that like your first tarot deck was from her that's saying a lot that's pretty cool it's not like as you already said it's not like you came from a super conservative christian household where like all of that was like an absolute no and you were completely like cut off from your family that was obviously not your experience (laughs) yeah i mean i will say i didn't because there are some of my friends who like grew up like third generation witch and I'm like oh my god I'm so jealous <laughs> like you have a, a family book of shadow like I right. yeah I, I love that but um yeah I had to kind of figure this out myself but I don't I am very confident that this is my first trip around the sun as a witch like many past lives as a witch I I maybe look too far into this, but there's definitely like some signs like, oh, you were a witch in your past life. I'm not sure if they're clickbaity. If they are, like, I'm certainly the one to click on that. I love it. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but my grandfather, not the one I talked about with um, the just hoarding. the hoarder, but great, great, great grandfather on my dad's side. So my dad is um, Polish from Poland um, and whole family on that side. I found out that my grandfather or like great grandfather was the town like herbalist slash apothecary. Wow. He was the one. And I was like, that is so freaking cool. It runs in my blood. Yeah. Yeah. I just got full body chills hearing that. That is super cool. I like little things like that. It just really like sinks everything into place. Right. It's like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah, it just reaffirmed this, I think, inner knowing that, like, yes, I am a witch. Like, and not just saying, oh, you have to have a past life or you have to have, like, it run in your family or generations. Like, I think a witch, it like, every woman, I think, is a witch in some ways. It's just kind of, if you want to reclaim that or not, because there's yeah. so many different archetypes that women can pursue. Um, and I just pursue like the witchcraft or witchiness is is certainly one of them um but yeah having those things and just like those synchronicities has really reaffirmed it for me um and also just doing like some spells and magic and then having stuff happen and you're like all right witchcraft is real it's not like hollywood says it's definitely real (laughs) stuff is so cool and i love that you just kind of named the fact that every woman has like an inner witch because I truly believe that too and I think part of like this mature feminine embodiment is recognizing that and like you said it's up it's up to each woman if they want to reclaim it or not the other thing that you said earlier that I wanted to kind of zoom in on was um the connection to nature and for me that has also been like a big part of my own awakening is just deepening that connection to nature and then also like seeing myself as nature and then just again like all of the bigness about it that honestly is so undeniable that like it's like okay whoa like (laughs) this stuff is like it's almost like mind-blowing once you start understanding it a little bit more but I think in terms of like witchcraft and like witchiness it can almost be that simple like it can almost be as simple as just connecting back to self connecting back to nature um, and reclaiming that like mature feminine embodiment that for so many generations we've been told needs to be suppressed yeah I it actually reminded me of like a real I, I just posted joking about like how modern witchcraft is just like we're doing crock pots instead of cauldrons yeah. and we're you know, doing a lot of kitchen which is 
I mean, really, witchcraft to me, I mean, maybe to some people it's more complicated, but to me, it really is like what you're saying. It's so simple. Yeah. It's reconnecting to yourself and reconnecting to nature. And I mean, and there's creation, so many- we could we could put creation in there, too. Like it's like mm-hmm. you can call it magic, but really like it's any type of creation, like nothing into something that is magic, but really that's just creation. So whether that's birth and becoming a mom, whether that's cooking in the kitchen, whether that's creating a home out of a house, like all of it, it's, it's magic, but it's also just creation. Yeah. And that, that's a huge connection. Like I have with witchcraft is that creating energy, like whichever it is, I'm someone like talking about the home too. I mean, that's, you know, you know, that's what they do. And I really love like that homemaking and You know, I, I forage and I make teas and I, you know, I call my crafts that I do like in my home witchcrafts because they really are when you infuse that intention and you're creating something. Um, that's a huge thing with witchcraft too, that is lost. Like think about in like Salem and how society and like Hollywood and everyone perceives witches is like these ugly women who ate children and, you know, flew around on broomsticks and whatever, whatever, um, you know, danced with the devil and naked and all. <laughs> but really, they were healers. They were the ones who knew what herbs cured what diseases they, you know, would make soups. They knew like how to work with the land and the energy and that wisdom of just like being in tune with yourself and with nature and with spirit like that is very boiled down witchcraft to me yeah I would agree with that you mentioned very early on in the episode about being an empath and I think Mm -hmm. that really ties into it too in terms of being so attuned to others other people's energies other people's frequencies but also like your environment and so I can totally see how all of this plays into your story and just all of it it's all like oh yeah this makes perfect sense no wonder she's doing (laughs) what she's doing (laughs) it does like I kind of have to catch myself like I'm someone that really loves following red strings and being like oh that's connected and that's connected and yeah, you kind of n- nailed it. I feel like my whole life is like, oh yeah, this is all weaving together to kind of create my tapestry. Yeah. Okay. Let's, so why don't we like zoom in now to kind of present day. So you've kind of told the context <laughs> <laughs> and I love it by the way. I love it all. Um, no, so... me too. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so present day, Marissa, you are still living in the van that you literally built from like you, you redid from scratch has there been lots of traveling how has like the online business gone tell us everything from then to now (laughs) yeah so uh, that was that's a whole journey too (laughs) um feel like we have like a chapters yes chapters (laughs) in the saga um so I let's so yes I just um gotten my van and started doing my business online does, and does do- your van have a name it does yes I I'm someone that believes in naming your you know van house giving that energy so my van's name is matchbox, matchbox um I love it it is he is named that way because it is a older t1 sprinter van which they have this retro look i mean they were built like early 2000s so it kind of reminds me of the matchbox cars from the 90s Um, and then of course like all the wood so i love it 
Yes. So me and Matchbox, um, we're going to start traveling. And that's actually where I met my current partner. Um, I we we met at a point where I I was about to like exit the place where I was living, which was Seattle at the time and start van lifing. And he wanted to pursue me. And I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Um, and he actually wanted to get into house flipping and real estate. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it kind of sort of aligns with what I want to do. And I, I saw this opportunity to, um, yeah, like use my design skills. Totally. In that sense as well, yeah. so that took us on a journey. Um, so we did actually do some traveling, but we started off in Seattle and we were going to go to LA to like one of his connections was a house flipper in the business. And I mean, LA, thank God we didn't do that because I do not like LA. I'm sorry for people that do energetically. I it's like a freaking magnet. It's, it repels me so much. I'm like, it's a very ugly city underneath all of the sunshine. Um, so we didn't end up going there, but then we found um, uh, Journey took us to Austin, um, where my partner, like to kind of consolidate this, he traded his car for a van as well. His van broke down. He needed to, you know, make money. So we were actually in Texas for like five months, um, which I did not plan to. We... So I feel like my van life has been just a lot of like dewy, like I've still gotten to travel, but it's definitely been like more, I'm going to stay in this place for a bit, not for my sake, but because like, you know, life things happen. Yeah. Circumstantial. Yes. Um. So we were in Texas for a bit, but like, yeah, I got to go down highway 101 on the way to California and then went through the Southwest on the way to Texas, which was an experience like I've never gotten to see the Southwest and I, it's gorgeous. I don't think I could live there. I'm much more of a green, like give me tr- like trees with leaves um, sort trees of girl. So okay, I, hold on. I'm trying to understand this. So like you and your partner, the, the plan was he was supposed to have his own van and were you guys going to basically travel in your vans like side by side and just like maybe have sleepovers every couple of nights <laughs> or like what, what was that supposed yeah. to look like if his van didn't break down? <laughs> So we were traveling. Yeah, I was traveling in my van. He was traveling in his um, Subaru at the time. And my van, like when I built it out, I was single. Like, I, and I kind of had this plan of like, I'm going to travel by myself in my yeah. van. So I, you know, it's custom. So it's custom for me, just yeah. me. Yeah. So I didn't really have plans to, you know, fit another body in this bed and things like that. So um, he traveled in his Subaru and it was getting kind of to the point where it's unbearable for him to really do that because, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have the height of my van and things like that. So he wanted to trade his Subaru in for a van, which he did. And he like I he is some we're very different in some ways. Like I am someone that even though I've done a lot of things that push me out of my comfort zone, I'm still a hey, let me try to get all my ducks in a row let me do research. So when I was looking for this, my current van, I spent probably a month or two, like really doing research on, you know, what I wanted and on the pros and cons. And he's kind of an impulse, like, you know, think now, do later, or like do Fair now, enough, think later yeah. sort of person. <laughs> so he, he didn't really, in my opinion, make the best decision because his van had some issues that he couldn't afford to get fixed. 
So that's kind of why, like he did trade in, but because when he traded it in, he really could not drive, drive the van. Like it broke down on the highway. Um, so we had to be in Texas for a bit. And then we were in Texas trying to figure out like if we wanted to do house flipping and then we kind of heard wind of like, you know, the rental property uh, market and how everyone was like doing Airbnb and Verbo and all of that. So we wanted to pursue that because he is someone that wants to generate passive income. And like, you know, I I do as well. Who doesn't want, you know, income while totally. I sleep? Yeah. No kidding. So I was like, yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is a great way for me to, again, utilize my design skills. And I was still doing like, work with clients and still doing like my own business while trying to, you know, do this other thing. But we ended up last year finding a house in Wisconsin to fix up. So we got the house, spent like seven months fixing it up. And it was, and I like, you know, shared that process on my Instagram and my TikTok and things like that. Um, because the house was horrible. Like I, I am someone that is a very intuitive person. He is someone that's like, logic which is a nice compliment but as someone who's like very intuitive about things like this house was like a, a no 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 and <laughs> and we ended up doing it I was like oh gosh what did we get ourselves into like which I think is a part of our story like my story as well because it is something I've always wanted to do I've wanted to fix up a house myself like really get into the nitty-gritties not just you know design well, the paint and walls. you got to use all your skills that you recently learned with your van <laughs> yes so I feel like it was the next level up like yeah. you've done a van yeah you can now do a it's house. A, now it's redoing a house yeah I think the next stage will probably be like building building a house from scratch who yeah. knows like yeah. I I feel like I just keep taking these giant steps of like all right let's let's level up the skill set um so we did that and fixed that house up which um I was you know so that's where my van was a little stationary while I was staying in that house as well um so in terms of the traveling I haven't done as much as I would like to in the van however I've been sitting with it, you know, 2024 is just around the corner. And I'm like, I I want to fully do this more so now because um my business is a little more up and running now. I, I will say if I don't know who will be listening that might want to do this, like, you know, van life and starting a business. I think, you know, that's just how my story went, where both of these things kind of got birthed at the same time. But trying to make both of them happen at the same time yeah. was very challenging. Oh, I can um, relate to that so know, much, but just swap van life with having a baby. <laughs> I always joke yeah. that like I was the crazy one that decided to build a business and like have a baby all at the same time. And I mean, there's, there's, oh pros my and gosh. Cons, but it's like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. Trying to navigate this new van life, trying to travel, trying to get all your ducks in a row in that sense, while also building and creating this business literally from scratch is not easy. Um, and for those yeah, that, so I guess we, we talked about this, I think before I started hitting record, but for those that um, wouldn't, obviously nobody could hear because we weren't hitting record, but you had mentioned <laughs> that you, your van is stationed once again, back in your hometown because you were expecting uh, to be an auntie any day now. So that's very I exciting. Know. And you'll, you'll be staying kind of house sitting your, your parents' house for a bit. So it is yes. kind of interesting, again, just looking back at the circumstances that 
had you tried to plan your life out between 2020 and 2023, there obviously would have been a lot more travel. There would have been just a lot more. Um, what's the word? Like, I, I don't know. I'm picturing like the traveling nomad, like, and it doesn't sound like you actually got to live that life. It sounds like there was a lot more, as you put it, like stationary van life. You ended up getting to flip a house and now you're mm-hmm. going to be welcoming a new baby into the family. And like those things can't be planned, right? Like it, it's, it's like, it's just this beautiful reminder of, okay, we're not actually supposed to have it all figured out. We're supposed to just like keep showing up to life and letting like our path unfold in front of us. Yeah. There's this concept that I really love. It's, I won't say it's kind of feng shui, but it's more Taoist um, because that's where feng shui originates. And it's this concept of wu wei. Wu wei basically means like action, non-action, which I really love because it kind of represents this balance. Some people are like, yeah, just go with the flow. And some people are like, no, you have to pave your own path. And I really like bringing that balance where it's like, yeah, sometimes life just takes hold and you just got to ride that wave. And sometimes when the water's kind of calm, you're the one who has to go in that, out and make mm, those waves. Yeah, so, I love that. Well, and it, it's just like the importance of intentional and inspired action. Like, so mm-hmm. those steps you are taking, like not having them be mindless but actually having some intention and like mindfulness around them so that you are moving in the direction that you want to be moving yeah because that's a whole other thing too I mean like bringing it into even a business mindset like you can just work 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 but are you actually like productive (laughs) so with yeah just even where I'm going in my life I want to be intentional about it and I I've been getting more downloads and more kind of recognition that yeah, 2024, like, you know, our house is up. My sister's going to have a baby. Also, like, all of my friends are having a baby. Like, 2024 is the year for babies for me. So I'm excited about that. And I am excited because they're all kind of scattered out. So I have this, at least this is my brain. Like, we're saying, who knows where life will take us. (laughs) But my plan, at least, is to do some traveling and and just see them and like spend a couple, you know, months or weeks or however long just, you know, seeing all my friends, reconnecting. Because that's also something like with the online world and being, you know, nomadic, um, it can, you know, be lonely. And I'm someone who's a huge community person. So I'd love to just, you know, fill my cup up a little with the things that bring me joy. Because, you know, past couple of years have been very just like busy, chaotic. I know there's been a lot of astrological things happening, too. So maybe that's it. But. Yeah, yeah, totally. One again, just bringing that intentionality back into it, right? Like, and it sounds like you're doing mm-hmm. that. That's super cool. Tell me a little bit about your business and what's actually going on in your corner of the internet right now. I'll say, yeah, my corner, because when I think of like the corner that I'm in, per se, if it's not just me, I'm like, what corner am I in? Because like, as you were saying, I don't know if it was when you're recording or afterwards. Yeah, I have such a very unique niche business which I love but it does come with its challenges um so I will just you know for people who haven't heard me before I am a holistic now we get into like what I do um I am a holistic designer and home coach so I have utilized my interior design skills but I have woven in the other things like feng shui decluttering and organizing since like you know having a grandfather as a hoarder having hoarder hoarding tendencies myself overcoming that. So I really have woven in more of a holistic and intentional approach to how we, you know, how we relate to our homes, what goes in our homes, 
all of that. And I work with people on so many different levels based on what their needs are for their home. Like, of course, I love to integrate the whole, you know, holistic home package, which includes interior design and the feng shui and the organization and the intention and, you know, what activities and lifestyle we bring in. But, you know, some people just come to me for feng shui consultations. Some people, you know, do a declutter course I have. Some people, you know, want just the more design oriented space. Um, So I kind of, you know, tailor what I do to fit, you know, people and their needs because we're all different. You know, our homes are all different. Our needs are all different. So that's kind of the corner of the Internet I find myself in is like, you know, cross between the design world, which I still love, like, I love design. I'm someone that's like all over Pinterest, but I do hate kind of what's behind that, you know, pretty image, which is just like, you know, I mentioned keeping up with the Joneses and um, trends and, um, you know, just like waste, waste, waste and all of that. And then I find myself in this like very holistic community too, which I kind of lean into more just you know, having conversations about spirituality and holistic medicine and nutrition. And that's like what where I love to be in. So I love to actually more provide, you know, nutritionists and diet, you know, all of the holistic people, you know, granted, I do it for everyone, but I yeah, but those are your people. That, yes. Like yeah. they're the ones that kind of get it. <laughs> like yeah, I don't have totally. to explain like your space is important and like the energy isn't like, I don't have to go through like a sales pitch of like, I need to convince you, even though I do that sometimes on my TikTok. (laughs) I think that's why I mentioned that it, it, from my perspective, it feels like it's filling this gap because I guess like in my corner of the internet, which is a bunch of like conscious and holistically minded people, we are all embodying this very holistic lifestyle, but I feel like the gap is that are we actually like curating our home to follow suit? And I feel like it's a missing piece in actually creating that like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Again, just like an intentional space. I actually, as you were sharing some of that, I pulled up your Instagram because there was a post. I don't think it's from too long ago. um, And you say like, why holistic design is a trend that isn't going away anytime soon. Um, You say in a world that's shifting towards connection and intention, the old ways are dying. People crave more meaning and fulfillment and less on companies and products that don't align with their values. And again, I think that's huge. Like your community, my community, we are very intentional about who we're buying from and what products we're using. And so that shouldn't go aside in our home. And you also say holistic design focuses on creating a home you connect with and that reflects you and again again like the gap that I'm seeing is we're all kind of in this phase of our life where we are playing around and um, really exploring our self-expression and figuring out who we really are and kind of uncovering and unlearning from like good girl conditioning and all the other generational conditioning that has been laid out on us and so we're finding ourselves and I feel like in finding ourselves that also means creating a space that reflects that and then on the next slide you say it brings intention into the home and goes deeper than traditional interior design um and then yeah obviously you are inviting people to come work with you but I just love that because I think (laughs) both both the intention piece and the reflection of ourself is so important I um I guess some context for me so like I 
have also loved interior design most of my life. I've always, like, I remember as a young girl, like me and my dad would just go um, to like show homes of like new houses being built. Like I loved that stuff. I did like a design studies course in high school and I thought I was maybe going to go into architecture. Um, Have always just loved that kind of stuff. My husband and I renovated our house, of course, March, 2020. (laughs) That was the (laughs) beginning of our home renovation literally like the same day yeah crazy um it actually ended up being perfect because it meant he was off work a little bit more and we could just like hunker down and get stuff done um but I remember like Home Depot and stuff would close at like 6 p.m so we had to be really on the ball for whatever supplies we needed and yeah anyways crazy but went through like an entire home renovation and got to experience just all of that and looking back I can see so clearly I did not go through, I had not gone through my spiritual awakening then yet. So I was very much still living by society's to-do list and definitely creating this home that would be like show home ready. And I was already thinking about resale and art, like all of that, right? I wanted it to be like a magazine and it's just so different now. And part of it I think is now that I'm a mom, like my my values have shifted, my priorities have shifted, but also just coming home to self, literally coming home to self and starting to learn, okay, this actually like makes me feel good. This color makes me feel this way. This texture makes me feel this way. Starting to learn all of that, it makes me, I'm just so much more intentional about my space now. And I wish, I don't know, I guess, I, I don't necessarily wish that anything was different. It's just really interesting to witness the path that I'm on. So as I said, I feel like what you're doing is filling this huge gap because I know there's other people like me who are on this journey of really starting to be intentional with their space. Yeah, you can pull like I I say a lot that, you know, your home can be such a shadow working experience because you uncover so much like about who you are from your your space and how you design it or what your needs are and really getting to understand who you are can help you in creating a better space for you to to flourish um this is something i talk about a lot with uh just like the energetics and that sort of holistic intentional mindset of spaces so like our spaces are a reflection of ourself, but also they do impact us. Like, mm. you know, I mentioned how I was very sensitive as a kid, like empathically and with ADHD. But even regardless, like designers actually learn about this in design school of how to shift, you know, certain tweaks in a space to impact, you know, a, a shopping um, center for making more money or, you know, fast food restaurant. Like there's so much um like secrecy i guess or just like subconscious things that uh design does it would almost be like psychology like color psychology like color psychology is one of them for sure um like there are so many studies showing how certain colors do impact our mood um so you know adding those to a space but even certain things like in a uh fast food restaurant like they in a fast food restaurant, like a lot of the colors they use to increase your appetite because it's very stimulating, but they also make it where it's not super comfortable. Like you're not going to sit for a long time there. The point is to get you in and out. So designers and architects and like the industry knows this and has been implementing it a lot into public spaces, but we spend the majority of our time in home. 
I don't care if you're a homebody or not. Like you spend so much time in your house, sleeping, eating, like basic functions. And then of course, during the pandemic, when we're all like condemned to our homes, like we were spending a lot more time, but it does impact us. So a lot of people be like, oh yeah, my home's fine. You know, it's not where I want it to be. Um, But it really is like influencing you on a day to day. Like your environment does impact you. So that's something that's huge. And also to kind of note on something else you were saying, and I just want to like stress this to anyone that's listening, do not design your space for someone else for like, you know, oh, I'm thinking about resale values. I totally get it. But every single person like wants to have their home their way. Like even if you design it and you're like, I'm going to do the white kitchen because it's, you know, like it'll be good for resale. They're get, like, who knows? You might have someone that's like, I hate white kitchens. I totally. want a lime green kitchen, you know? But so- it totally shines light on how hardcore my people-pleasing tendencies were then. That like my home had to be a re- reflection so of that. People. It's so interesting. For, for so I, many I mean, people, they do that. I mean, my <laughs> my mom was someone <laughs> that was also hi? like that. She Hi. Hi. <laughs> You go see grandpa. Sorry, one second. That's okay. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know what we were saying. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, I think I was saying, oh yeah. So my mom was like that too, where she loves to cook, but she never touched her kitchen. And it was Mm. so like poorly designed. And she is someone that like, she will spend three hours on a meal. I don't, I would never get to that level. Like, kudos to her but for someone who loves cooking that much she was like oh well I just you know I don't know it's fine like she kind of suppressed that want of having a really dream kitchen and finally they decided to you know do the kitchen renovation and she I remember her like I helped her out with that and she was just like why didn't I do this sooner why didn't I do this sooner and I get sometimes like you know of course don't do it if you have like zero dollars in your bank account but for someone who's like, they, this is my childhood home. They haven't lived in, like they've never left. So really it was an investment, like in a good investment yeah, for totally. them, to put that into a space that they use so much. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of all over the place, but yeah, with the shadow work, even like I was saying, there's, there's so much you can uncover. There just is in, like, like some, getting when you mentioned the shadow work, something that came up for me is like, I've been doing a lot of like money mindset work and I'm just noticing where scarcity keeps popping up in my life. And one of those things is like with objects, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like hoarding things, but I notice myself wanting to hold on to something for that. What if moment? And it's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. kind of like scarcity mindset. Like I can easily just go like, it's accessible to me to go buy if I need it I don't need to hold on to it just in case um mm-hmm. so I can see where like yeah it can like the the layers can just go so deep if you are open to it um mm-hmm. and that's really really cool so within your work do you help clients kind of explore some of that or is it very much like let's just I don't want to superficial is absolutely not the right word for this context but is it very much like Let's just figure out how we're actually going to decide what we're putting in the space. Or do you really help your clients explore what their desires might actually be? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I will say it varies depending on like the work I do. Um, 
Yes. Like in um, my program, uh, the Hello Holistic Home program, we have this whole section like at the beginning, which is the discovery phase. It's really diving deep to understand like you energetically, mm, what your so cool. needs are for your home. Um, like, you know, this is where we look at astrology and like personality quizzes. Okay, cool. And- so you do absolutely go there. <laughs> Yes. And I, and even just like some things that get uncovered a lot, like that I didn't even purposely target. I remember I was working with this one woman and we were going through and she just had this deep revelation. And this is why I love connecting with people who are into like the personal development and spiritual growth because they're already doing the work. Yeah. So it's not like I'm really having to like, you know, be a, a micromanager of like, you know, let's, you know, or a therapist in that way. Yeah. Um, but she discovered that her home, so like she had so many things like, you know, we all did in 2020 that just happened. And she like went through a lot of marriage issues, relationship issues with her husband and actually got separated and some deaths and things in the family. And she had this just re- like revelation of, how her space, like there was so much of those memories that were still tied mm-hmm. to that space for her because she hadn't really, you know, painted a wall or done anything to change up her space. So as we were going through this process, which we were like, you know, changing up her her living room, which is really meant to be a spot for her and her children. She is like such a mom. She loves playtime and just all of that. So really bringing and transforming her space wasn't just let's find paint color that reflects you let's it was like such a deeper level of work of like I am changing the story and all of these emotions that I've held on because of this space the environment in which it happened so it was just so so powerful to just yeah I I I'm getting chills because I remember her like voice message and like she was crying and I was like this is so beautiful yeah I love it (laughs) yeah Probably didn't think so, that's what you're going to walk into going to interior design school. <laughs> no, but I love it. Like yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm a squishy. Like let's dive deep, do that sort of work. So I, yeah, I would have not done this in interior design school. So I'm really glad that my journey led me to, you know, work on this sort of level and helping people heal through their homes. Like there's yeah. so oh, many. That's such a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean kind of talking on another point too because we were talking about like witchcraft and archetypes and all that and I've recently like not that I'm a mom but I've been tapping more into that sort of archetype in some sense of like the that homemaker sort of yeah that nurturer like like archetype archetypical mother yeah and and motherhood looks different for so many people but yeah that kind of traditional archetype mother of like stay at home be the homemaker make the house beautiful nourishing meals for the kids all of that yeah and I mean that is such a beautiful divine feminine archetype to step into with the home as well and to like create a home that is so nourishing and supportive for your your family and all of that that's something I've been recently exploring of just like how even archetypes can be reflected with your home too yeah oh that is so cool I um I'm thinking just in my own experience and like since I've become a mother, it's interesting to notice how clutter used to really, really bug me. And I mean, it it still does, but it's also like depending. Okay, no, I, I should kind of like give context. So like 
clutter on my desk right now. Like there's a stack of books that like, I feel like does not need to be the way it is versus like the stack of toys downstairs. It's really interesting to notice how like that stack of toys doesn't bug me because it, it just kind of embodies our life. Like that, that, that's just proof that we are living a good life right now. And if those toys weren't there, then it's almost like something would be wrong. And so my, my perspective on clutter, which almost doesn't even seem like the right word, um, has very (laughs) much shifted. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess I'm curious, like how all of that comes into play, maybe in the context of like feng shui and like energy work, but also in your own experience coming from someone that is very sensitive to kind of like that, that sensory and environment overload. And then also the hoarding tendencies, like I'm just, let's talk about clutter. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, this is, I talk about clutter a lot. (laughs) So, um, I would say first off, it's kind of the associations we have with it. Mm -hmm. Like, and this kind of relates to feng shui even because I remember when I was taking my feng shui school and working with my feng shui teacher, she was just a wealth of knowledge. And one of the best ways for cures is to find things that connect with you. So there's like traditional cures in feng shui. You've probably heard of them like, you know, place this lucky bamboo here, or like add this aquarium here. And it's it doesn't have that much depth to it because it might not connect to you on that deep way. There's no so intention. To kind You're of literally just it, crossing something off the yeah. list. Exactly. So to bring it to um, like the clutter and, you know, what's clutter versus, you know, what really shows, you know, this is my lifestyle. This is, you know, filling my home with better energy. So that's, you know, can be viewed in that sense. Like you have a more association with like, yeah, this is showing that like, this is, I'm a mom and this is, you know, my home is full of play. And that was kind of similar to um, the client I was just mentioning, like she was a mom, she wanted to have her kids, you know, doodle fingerprint, you know, school artwork hung up everywhere. And for some people, like, especially those who are like, you know, might be on the interior design, that traditional world, they're like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, especially because society too tells us like, we have to have these beautiful, pristine, like nothing is a hair out of place sort of homes. And that's just not realistic for so many people. Um, so that is the big thing with intention with clutter, but also, um, you know, I mean, clutter from a feng shui perspective, like it does kind of slow down the energy throughout your home, but that's kind of where we can kind of determine like what, what is clutter versus what is, you know, something that's really bringing that good energy and like that symbolism and connects to you on a way. Um, for kids toys, like, you know, that's to each, I know some moms that go like crazy with (laughs) kids toys, but some are like, no, this is what like play is all about. So that's kind of where you get to choose your own adventure on like, you know, the home. Yeah, totally. That makes actually perfect sense. And again, just bringing intention into it, like kind of answers my question in itself. That's super cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I have, like, I feel like we could talk forever and I would love to really dive into like feng shui and all of that because I don't know much about it, but I imagine that's kind of the whole point of the programs you're offering and why people work with you. So maybe, I don't. is there anything else that you would like to bring into this conversation or do you want to kind of close out with just explaining some of the offerings you currently have? 
Um, I, yeah, it's, I could, I'm such I know, a we could go. We could go on forever. <laughs> Actually, like you're mentioning. So I'm such someone that's a huge just educator. Like I really believe knowledge is power. And I think that is some, like that is so empowering when you can create a home that reflects you and you have this knowledge. So, I mean, I do teach like feng shui classes or design, like how to create a holistic home, like how to bring that intention into your space. So those are some of the courses that I have. Like I have just one-offs where some people might just need problem solving with a weird funky layout or, you know, need help picking a certain piece. So I have consultations as well for both feng shui and design as well as like a huge in-depth clutter course because that is something where like I know we just scratched on the clutter surface but like so much of that is mindset so much of that is like the energetics of why we hold on to things and why it's hard for us to let go and like you were even noticing the mental blocks of like oh this is scarcity mindset with like oh I'll use it eventually or I might need this so there's so much like shadow work that is with decluttering so that's a whole course in itself but like all of these are available um to peruse on my website um honeyloonhivory.com but also i'm someone that really takes to social media because i love community and i love chatting with people as you can probably tell so um i do have my instagram honeyloonhivory um as well as my tiktok but i would say i'm a little more active on instagram because you get the option to like you know voice message and chat and do all the other features so i prefer that a little more for community Gotcha. I love all of that. One thing we didn't talk about, and I would love to quickly go down, is the name of your business, Honeyloon Hybrid. Let's talk about that. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, I know there's a story there and I want to hear it. <laughs> there is a story there. That's another... I. Life is full of stories. I'm I'm someone that can't just give you like a clean cut answer. <laughs> um, my boyfriend gets a little angry at me because I'm a storyteller. But I love um, it. that's the whole point of this podcast. So I know this is your space. <laughs> so I am someone who is actually this kind of goes back to when I was in my eating disorder, and I one of the things that really helped me break out of that mindset, which is I, I don't want to say silly, but um, my mom is a Mary Kay, or was, I guess, a Mary Kay consultant. And, um, Mary Kay, I guess, used to say this quote about bees, like her symbol is a bee. And I okay. never really was a Mary Kay makeup person, but there is this quote that goes, according to the laws of aerodynamics, a bumblebee is not meant to fly, but a bumblebee doesn't know anything about the laws of aerodynamics. So it just flies anyway. And, I just love that quote so much because it just, to me, really proved like, you know, just like doing, like following your heart in some sense and not letting others tell you, yeah, you can't do something. So it just, that quote kind of got me through a lot and bees is symbolism. Like I'm someone that's really into animal spiritual symbolism and the messages and all that. So for me, the bee is one of my, I don't want to say spirit animal, but it's an animal that I really resonate with um, because of all of what it represents. And I really like I I say, like, I am I am the bee and the bee is me. But a bee is very creative, like they're a symbol of creativity and joy. They are a animal of service, like without a bee, we would not exist or nature would cease to exist. They're pollinators. They're very industrious, very um, productive. So I also kind of connect to that very just like go, go, go mentality. 
Um, so the and also their their own architects and designers. Um, the honeycomb yeah. shape that they do for their hives is so like if you I just get tweaked out and just like nerd out about this is how like that shape is the most structural, but it can actually fill the most honey out of every shape. And I'm just like, that is bees, man. So I, I love the bee for all of those reasons. And when creating my name, I'm someone who's very creative. So I'm like, if architect or design was not my job, I'd probably get into like branding and name naming things. I love doing that so much. So when I came up with my name, I knew I wanted to have the B be that symbolism because it was really like a reflection of who I am. And as an entrepreneur, you're like, my business is me. Like yeah. it is on so many levels, like entrepreneur, like the spiritual journey you go with, the personal journey, all of that. So it is a reflection of me. And then the loon part of Honey Loon Hivery comes from just like the moon aspect. I mean, ties so strongly to womanhood and femininity but also like the subconscious and the intuition. And as me, I'm like such an intuitive person. I'm very empathic. I'm very emotional. So I really found that sort of connection to the moon as well. I mean, French, the French word for um, moon is loon. So I wanted to just like add a little bit of flair to the name. So that's where the honey loon part comes from. And then hivery is just my own little makeshift word for, yeah, like a fancy home slash apothecary. Like I just wanted to bring some like witchy element into my name as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like like mic drop, like it's like the perfect name and it makes so much sense once you start just hearing your whole story. Like it, it's beautiful. We had to get there. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I'm actually, actually really glad perfect. you did it at the end. Yeah. That wouldn't yes, have been that's... the same impact to have heard you share all that from the beginning. So that was perfect. It was. <laughs> thank you. No, I, thank you so much for asking that at the end. I was just going to say, I was like, divine. Literally. I love it. to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you were thinking of anyone while listening please send it their way and if anything resonated with you or you love these conversations please subscribe and leave a review this really helps the podcast algorithms um, put my show in front of more people just like you and the last thing i would love nothing more than hearing from you so say hi dm me on instagram and give me a follow at nicole Pazvir. Until next time.